Welcome to the CFN Podcast. All right, guys, welcome to the CFN Podcast. I'm your host, CJ Campbell, and today we have Jocelyn LeMay. She was on our podcast before, if you remember, talking about women's empowerment, which was a great episode. If you guys want to check that out today, she is on, and we are going to talk about mental health, some different different factors uh, regarding mental health during quarantine, and um, we're just going to kind of spitball some questions to each other and see how we're doing and hopefully you guys can take some value from that. So if you guys don't remember, she is actually one of my bosses at Union Fitness. She's the director of business operations and uh, let's just get started. Jocelyn, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm doing better. What about you? That was you? a long intro. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It was perfect. So, um, so we to the listeners out there, Jocelyn and I talked before this, we kind of had some topics we wanted to go over. And without further ado, I guess, uh, well, I guess before we start, I should say, uh, Jocelyn and I aren't experts in anything regarding uh, mental health, anything like that. We're just simply exchanging thoughts and experiences, stuff like that. So I hope you guys can take some value from what we're about to talk about. Um, and one of the things we also talked about before this was, uh, gray areas with mental health and stuff and how we kind of agreed upon the, the area is only as gray as you make it. So hopefully if you guys are listening to this, uh, that gray area of your own mental health or whatever it may be, may be a little different after listening to us talk. So, uh, without further ado, we'll jump right into goal setting and how your goals have changed since quarantine started, Jocelyn. Uh, how have they changed or kind of adjusted while, um, while you're quarantining? Uh, a lot, actually. Um, right before quarantine, um, we had just finished one of the qualifiers at our gym. We had athletes that were going to go do qualifiers at the end of June. Sorry, not qualifiers, competitions at the end of June. Um, and even for myself, my goal was to kind of just get fitter and uh, focus on my injury prone areas after hurting my first rib, which, uh, came out during the mat qualifier this year and then, uh, nursing my SI joint pain, um, which I've been doing during quarantine, but in terms of getting fitter, um, that's kind of working out in general has definitely been put on the back burner. Um, for sure. It is tough. And uh, one of the other things we'll eventually talk about is like gym accessibility, accessibility to equipment. And it is tough because uh, some people like well, for both of us, for example, at Union, we all had our schedules. We all had, you know, our programs, what we were preparing for uh, a bunch of powerlifters that we work with. They were doing their thing and everything just in the blink of an eye just stopped. And so now, depending on, you know, where you live, uh, accessibility to equipment, money is a big one. Um, it really dictates how you can work out and what, what you can actually do. Because I know some people that literally can only go for walks or go for a run and that's all they can do, but they were lifting five days a week before that. So I think it really, it might be something for the better, but 
in most cases, and even for me, especially, it's tough because you just, you want to feel weights. You know what I mean? Like you just want to feel weights. You want to be in a gym around people. And uh, it's, it's kind of detrimental to your, your goal setting because everything has to change and you have no idea when it's going to end basically. Exactly. And I think um, for me personally, like the goals I went into with like when quarantine first started, those are now not goals that I have for myself at all. Um, I don't have competitive aspirations in the sport of CrossFit right now. Um, my goals are, you know, fostering my relationships with my friends and my family, building a new relationship with my partner, um, and just moving every day, whether that's I'm doing mobility or I'm able to get outside and use what I have um, to move. Um, are the workouts as hard as they were before quarantine? Definitely not. Um, I've had to settle for FaceTime dates with friends at lunch um, to keep motivation. Um, there have been days where I'm like, or weeks, honestly, where I really haven't moved or it's fluctuated in terms of my motivation, which has also affected my mental health going from, you know, seeing what my body was before quarantine and now like watching as I'm slowly gaining a little bit weight or, um, you know, doing more bodybuilding versus CrossFit. Um, it's just, everything's so different. Yeah, it, it really is. And especially, like you said, maybe with gaining weight, or maybe losing weight, depending on who's listening, um, everything kind of changes. And like, for me personally, uh, it's you kind of have to take that into consideration with your nutrition, too, because you don't want, you know, like, for someone, let's say a power lifter, they can't be eating the same amount of calories as usual. Well, they can. But if you don't compare that with the exercising, then you know, you're just going to gain weight, right? And so it, it really affects pretty much everything. But that's good that you're kind of putting all of that on the back burner, because that's what I've kind of been doing. Um, something that I've been fortunate enough to have is some place to actually work out and still stay on my schedule since like the middle of April. Um, so I don't really tell people about that, because people don't want to hear it. Like they don't want to hear that you're still exercising. People don't want to hear that uh, you know, you can still deadlift or bench or do your CrossFit stuff. They don't want to hear that. They just want, they want people just to be not normal, but they kind of want everyone to be on the same playing field, which is okay in my book. And you see it a lot on social media too. It's like people making jokes about others trying to work out right now instead of just relaxing. And like you said, you've been unmotivated or you're kind of just switching gears and being okay with sitting for a week or sitting for a couple of days and not really moving much. And that's something that I've had to work with too, because, you know, you get just so unmotivated that you just kind of want to sit. And I think more people need to hear that it's okay. Like it's okay. Um, especially for those that spend a lot of time on their feet. Uh, like we do at work. Some days I'll kind of sit around and I'll be like, all right, well, I guess it's okay to sit for a little bit. But that thing in the back of your brain, it's like, you know, you should be moving or doing something positive, but yeah. it's, you, you have to kind of take it back and be like, all right, well, I guess this is okay for now. Like, I just need to relax, think, regroup, and then, you know, move on and maybe do something positive. So, um, yeah, that was my other question for the goal setting and changes. 
you know, what was your method of thinking when creating those goals? Was it just something that you were forced into since we're all in quarantine, you were forced to change? Or was that something that you were like, okay, well, if I can't work out, then I'm just going to make some new goals that are just life oriented, relationship oriented, stuff like that. Yeah, I think for me, it was something I was forced into. And then I also had the opportunity to look at what it was, what I didn't have time to do prior to quarantine and what I now have time to do. So um, along with, you know, the goals that I have now that are more like life goal, life goals per se, um, I've started my nutrition cert through Precision Nutrition. I'm a little over halfway done with that. Um, so after I'm done, I'll be a precision, precision nutrition level one <laughs> nutrition coach. That's a mouthful. So what, um, what will you be able to do with that? So, um, so I'll be able to call myself a nutrition coach. Obviously, every I didn't go to school for um, dietitian. Um, I can't um, diagnose people based on um, like medical conditions they have, mm -hmm. but I can help people build healthy habits. I can help people build nutrition plans that work best for them. I feel like, and I don't know if this is true for you or if you've seen it firsthand, but I feel like more people nowadays, they're not, unless you're very serious, unless you're like competing for something, I feel like the average person, basically they would rather have someone like you who can teach them habits so they can go out and do it on their own. So they feel like they're still independent for themselves aside from paying a lot of money, maybe for a dietitian. And although that's important, I feel like your certification is also extremely important because I mean, for an average person like me who doesn't compete in sports or anything anymore, I feel like it would be easier to talk to someone like you who just knows how to create healthy habits. I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, when I first started my nutrition, well, yeah, CrossFit journey, nutrition journey, I hired a nutrition coach that was also competitive in the sport of CrossFit. I wanted someone who could um, relate to me and also understand the type of way I need to fuel my body because I did have, and I'm not knocking those who go to school at all. Like when you go to school to become a dietitian, that's like extreme and you're doing a lot of work to become and have that um, degree. And but at the same time, when I spoke to a clinical dietitian, they didn't quite understand um, what I needed when I needed it. Like, I, I don't know. It was, it was a weird um, conversation for me to have to be like, I know what these CrossFit athletes are doing and what they need to do and what I need to do individually. But it, it was a little bit off because they didn't understand the way I was training um, and it just didn't fit what I needed personally. So when I was able to hire someone who understood what I was going through, it made that much difference for me emotionally, mentally, and physically. Yeah. And I feel like it's all on based on what you want to, cause even, even with me, like for example, like exercise science in college, let's say it's very clinical and it's very professional. And sometimes that's not what everyone wants and that's not what's best for them. Kind of like with you with CrossFit, like you, you just need people, 
I feel like the average person just wants a general overview of something they should be doing. Now, some people can take it to that next level and say, okay, I want someone to plan out every single meal for me and I want to know what I should be eating so I don't have to think about it at all. But I feel like if you got a certification like what you're doing, again, like you're, you're a competitive CrossFitter also, but you also just want to, you just want to know in a general form that, okay, I can go out and help someone. Let's say if, let's say someone at union came up to you and was like, Hey, Jocelyn, like I eat this, this, and this per day. What are some snacks I could throw in? You can easily give them that information that you learned from your certification without being a registered dietitian. And then they can take those, um, those things you gave them and kind of make it their own. And that's why I feel like people want, they, they want that independence, but they also want to be centered around their goals. So uh, that's pretty cool that you're doing a certification. Is there anything else that you're focusing on besides a certification for nutrition? Um, honestly, that's about the most, most in-depth thing I've been doing. Um, I'm actually like, it's been challenging because um, I didn't really follow science in college or high school and I wasn't great at it. And now I'm having to go back all over through that stuff. And, um, it's been challenging to say the least. I mean, I thought I had, I have a good base for nutrition, but to go into the in-depth of it, it's like, it's intense for what sure. The, but that's about, yeah. What was the science portion that kind of threw you for a world that you didn't really know doing the certification? Uh, it gives a lot of um, in-depth uh, details about your energy in and your energy out. So yeah. like all the ATP systems and stuff? <laughs> yeah, and I'm not going to lie. That was really challenging for me. Yeah. And you can, you, can help build, you can help people build um, healthy bases without knowing the science in depth, which is what precision nutrition does. I mean, they teach you it, but they also let you know that you don't need to be that in depth to help people build um, better choices for themselves. Exactly. And I, I feel like that goes for personal training as well. And you and I both know this, like clients and an average client doesn't want to know uh, every single muscle of the upper body. They just want to know, you know, if we're doing an exercise, they just want to know the general area of what it's working and why we're doing it. You know, they don't, they don't need to know the entire cellular level of everything that's going on within your muscles, like you said, with nutrition, and it kind of goes both ways. So yeah, I, I think that's very important because I feel like a lot of average people feel like they need to know that in-depth stuff to the point where they just get unmotivated to learn. Because as long as you learn a base level, that can take you far enough to help someone else. So I don't know. That's just my kind of opinion for it. That's all. Um, but the, the last question with goal setting I wanted to ask you was, let's say that, let's say we were still at work, right? Or I guess not. Um, but let's say someone messaged you on Instagram after listening to this and they asked you like, Hey, what's a good way to start setting new goals for myself while in quarantine? Cause they may be struggling, right? So yeah, for sure. What would be your thought process before messaging them back? Um, honestly, I'd kind of want to evaluate what their situation was at the like present moment. So are they going from doing absolutely nothing to wanting to do something or are they going from doing a little bit of something to wanting to do a little bit more? 
um, because every approach for each person is, has to be individualized. I mean, we are complex human beings. Um, but I always say, and especially learned through my nutrition cert that like a five minute action will help you build momentum. So that's what I've applied to my studying. And then that's what I've started to apply to my own personal goals in terms of just trying to get a workout in. Um, so I would be like, just go and do something, go for a walk, um, hit a five, 10 minute workout, AMRAP, um, EMOM, whatever. Um, if they have nutritional goals, I would definitely be down to help with that as well. But I think it all just stems from where you are in your present moment. And then if you're wanting to build upon that, um, seeing what is the most important for you at this time, seeing that we don't really understand when quarantine is going to be over. So basically building those habits within quarantine, making sure they also translate fluidly outside of quarantine. Sure. Well, what if, what if they didn't even want something fitness related or health related? What if someone came to you and was like, Hey, you know, I, I've been kind of wanting to get away from uh, beating myself up for not working out. I want to kind of try to do something else. Uh, what would you recommend to them if aside from maybe going for a walk or a run or doing a 10 minute workout, let's say they do those things, but they're still kind of lacking other goals that they may want to try. What would you kind of recommend for them? So like, what kind of goal do you think that they would be having is like professional or personal? Yeah. I mean, it's, it could be, it could be anything. Let's say someone is struggling with trying to do something they love or find a hobby or something. Um, how would you approach someone asking like how to actually maybe get away from fitness related stuff for a little bit and maybe try new things, not fitness related. It could be, it could be anything. Um, I would say just start yeah. honestly. I mean, I knew I wanted to do my nutrition cert since September of 2019. And I was like, just do it, just mm -hmm. sign up for it. And like, I didn't even touch it for the first week. And then I started making little chips away at it. Um, I mean, if it's personal, if it's professional, if it's, I want to read a book a month, like just read one page. Like, if you want to learn a new skill, a new hobby, there's like t so many things online, like masterclass has all these, I've heard, like I've seen their ads on social media. Like they offer so many different things like, um, workshops for like mental wellness and, um, ways to negotiate. Like <laughs> I watched like a Instagram live on a CrossFit games athlete that's taking a masterclass on how to negotiate and win at life. And like, there's so many different things out there right now that are free. Like even I think Yale or Princeton has like so many classes online. I mean, my advice to anybody at any point in their life out of quarantine in quarantine, like just start. Mm -hmm. Well, and part of the reason why I wanted to ask that is because I kind of wanted to transition into the relationships topic. And first of all, let me just say, I can't really give any advice or information on relationships <laughs> because I've only been in one my entire life. So I can't really give any advice and I'm not assuming you've been in a lot, but this is something we agreed to talk about um, mm -hmm. on here. So 
for anyone listening right now that may be in a relationship or contemplating one because quarantine just has them overthinking everything about their relationship, how has this kind of affected you and your thought process when regarding your relationship with people, it could be a significant other, just any interaction with uh, family? How, how has this kind of come full circle during quarantine for you? I've found that there are friendships that I've had prior to quarantine that weren't, that weren't serving me a purpose. Um, and that was either the way that they made me feel about myself or if they supported the life that I was living. And um, I'm a firm believer that you are the five people that you surround yourself by, whether at work or in your life in general. And I found that throughout quarantine, I've been taking a lot of time to um, really check in with my friends week to week. Um, maybe it's different friends every week, or I'm sending texts to old people I haven't, who I've lost touch with, like friends back home in Nova Scotia. I mean, there was just this shooting that happened a couple weeks ago. Um, and I have a lot of family and friends back home. And it was something that was very scary because that's never happened um, on the East Coast of Canada before. And we see it a lot in the States, but um, you don't realize that it happened so close to home, like what it does to you. So reaching out to those back home and then also um, friends I've lost touch with here, you know, FaceTiming my younger sister who lives in Canada, like almost every day. Um, and also FaceTiming family as well. Yeah, no, that's good. And um, that's what, I mean, I, I'm kind of guilty because I haven't done as much of that only because I've been so focused on other things during this quarantine that I've wanted to do in terms of goals. Uh, but that's not really an excuse for me to use when it comes to checking in with family and friends. And I have been fortunate over the past couple of weeks to go golfing with friends. That's kind of our outlet. You know what I mean? Like guys don't really FaceTime with each other. <laughs> They're like, Hey bro, let's go get a beer. Yeah. Yeah. But I, like I said, like everything's closed. So, uh, mm -hmm. golf, golf is kind of our outlet. And when it comes to family, um, our immediate family still will drop in and out every now and then. I'm very fortunate to live close to most of my immediate family and kind of taking care of my grandpa and getting groceries for him and stuff like that. So I think little things like that that we can do, um, I think it not only helps them, but it helps us too. Because I don't know if you feel the same way, like my grandpa calling me and asking me to go get groceries for him. First of all, that gets me out of the house. Because, you know, being trapped in here, uh, you can you can always overthink, you can overanalyze things, you can lose motivation, which we'll talk about here soon. And hearing from your relatives or family members, and maybe just doing a small task like that, it not only means the world to them, but they know that they can trust you to help them. And it makes you feel so much better that you can actually not only get out of the house, but do it in a positive way to help family. So that's how I look at small things like that. Um, but just holding those friendships and relationships together with family, I just think if you do the small things like small tasks, whether it's FaceTiming, you said your sister, mm -hmm. yeah, whether it's FaceTiming your sister or going to get groceries for a relative, I feel like it's all the same thing and everyone feels the same way. It's just different ways to achieve it. Exactly. And so. I think what you're like for you, like being able to do that for your grandfather, your grandparents, like 
I wish that I could do that. So, cause all my family lives in Canada. I'm only <laughs> down here with my mom and my stepdad and my sister. So, I yeah. mean, um, I'm, it makes me happy knowing that like you're able to do that. And, um, I would do the exact same thing if I was in that position. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of just opening up that line of communication and stuff like that, because I feel like when this all started, everyone was so afraid just to maybe even get out of the house and go drive their car and get out of their car somewhere public because, um, of just news they hear whatever. And we don't have to get into that, but I feel like, it's important to still do those things for other people, especially because I felt like when this all started, everyone kind of lost hope or anything like that to do nice things for other people. And I know a lot of people resort to technology and I think FaceTime is great, but I just don't think anything replaces being with someone else or doing things for someone else. So I don't know, just like that kind of human connection. I feel like that's what people have lost a lot during these past couple of months in quarantine. And I feel like that's what creates a lot of stress and a lot of impact on your mental wellness and stuff like that, because a lot of people need that interaction with others. And you can get it through FaceTime or Zoom meetings like we're doing right now. But I don't know. I mean, you and I both know from work, like we see people all day. And when that all gets shut down, like I wake up every day and I'm like, I'm going to see no one all day. And it's just, I don't know, it's kind of detrimental to the mind. That's all. It's, it's crazy for us because the line of work that we're in, we probably have maybe that one day a week where we don't choose to see anybody or talk to anybody because I know for me personally, I give so much of myself in my career. And that's the path that I've chosen um, for myself. And I don't regret that for a second, but there are days where I am so completely depleted that I'm like, phones off. I just want to watch Netflix or sleep all day. I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to talk to anybody because I need to like rebuild up all that stuff that I lost throughout the week so that I'm ready to go into another week and give again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's really important too. And I don't know about you, but uh, I know you don't have as long of a commute to work as I do, but uh, kind of sitting here at home a lot, I kind of miss like that 45 minute drive to work or that hour drive just because like when we were working every day, it was it was so annoying to me. But I knew like now I'm like, wow, I, I actually miss driving to Pittsburgh and seeing my coworkers because I don't know, just the energy being around people and then taking that one or two days over the weekend to recharge and watch Netflix all day. People need that. But I feel like right now people are treating every day like that and it's just destroying uh habits anything like that uh and people are kind of falling into their own funk so i don't know we can use that as i think that's a good transition into our lack of motivation kind of topic that we wanted to to talk about so um this one's kind of hit me the most because for some things i don't see is needing motivation like work or for people like you and me who take training and lifting seriously, and especially you, because you still compete. Um, it really doesn't feel like motivation to us. It just kind of feels like a duty that we're supposed to do. Like we, we need to, like, this is what we got today. Uh, for you, it may be like snatches or cleans or anything like that. And you know, you need to do this many at this weight 
or do a certain amount of time, whatever you need to do, because you have it written down or someone else gave it to you, or that's what you know you need to do to get ready for your competition, right? And anyone can mold that mentality to their own, but it feels like when all of this quarantine started, um, that sense of duty kind of just was diminished. And that's what really destroys lack of other motivation for other things, whether it's even, even maybe going up to take a walk. Cause I don't know about you, but to me, like, I don't even like to go for walks because I feel like, well, what am I getting out of this when it comes to training? Right. And I don't know. Do you feel the same way? I'm the exact same way. I'm like, why am I doing this? It's not serving a purpose for my competitive aspirations. And I feel like I've also, I'm just like, I would rather not do it at all. Yeah. And that's, that's how I feel. I feel like, you know, if I had to do, and that's why it's not that I'm against at home workouts. Cause I think they're great. But for the first couple of weeks of quarantine, I thought, why would I even do this? Because it's not going to help my deadlift. It's not going to help any sort of strength that I have left. Like it's just going to be me keeping busy. And I just didn't have any motivation for that whatsoever. So I thought I'm not even going to do this. I just thought it was dumb. So I don't know. I know it's a bad way of thinking, but it's true. And I just didn't know if you felt the same. It's an athlete mentality for sure. Going from being so immersed, so immersed and involved in what we're doing. Um, and then having to basically completely stop what it is we're training for because of limited access to things. And for me personally, um, I completely stopped training competitively. Um, the first, when I got hands on, when I got my hands on some equipment, um, I was doing it for about a month. Um, and then I flat out decided one day for my own mental health purposes to completely stop training for competitive aspirations because I don't have competitive goals right now. Most of the season of 2021 end of 2020 is canceled. Um, and so now my workouts are at home workouts with my partner or, um, just doing what I feel like doing and cherry picking off Instagram, but also making sure that I'm still getting in some sort of routine and hitting everything I need to hit, like all the parts of your body. But I mean, I still don't want to go for a walk. <laughs> I, still <laughs> either. I, I never want to go for walks. And that's what I was having this conversation with my mom the other day. We were talking about training and she was like, well, you, you exercise all the time and you lift all the time. Why would you not just want to go walk or something with me? And I, I just told her, I was like, look, I was like, I don't have any motivation to walk because I know it's not going to help me with anything. But again, I was completely oblivious to the point of, you know, just getting out of the house or spending time with my mom. So um, I guess it's just the perspective on how you look at it. But that takes me to my one point I definitely wanted to get to. Uh, when you are sitting on the couch, when you do have those lazy days and a lot of people listening right now, especially me, um, we all have those lazy days that we don't want to do anything. But if you're someone who doesn't have anything to do the entire day, right. And you just, you're kind of deciding, all right, well, I know I need to do something, but I also want to watch another five episodes of this show. What goes through your head on trying to get yourself to get up and go do something? God, for me, it's like, I'll probably watch the five episodes. <laughs> and then, but the thing is, is like, there's this random moment um, when I'm, if I'm watching these five episodes that I'm like, I get up and I go use the bathroom and then I'm like, 
my pull-up bar is in my bedroom door. There's a kettlebell next to my bed. And all of a sudden, I find myself on Instagram scrolling through trying to find a workout. Um, and that is what I lived by for almost a month and a half in quarantine. It was like this random like spurt of like wanting to do something. And I didn't put a timeline on myself. It was like, maybe I just did a 20 minute workout a day. Um, and it was like, that was good enough for me on that day. But I also don't hold myself back from not working out. I mean, from working out. I mean, like I'll watch the five episodes and not feel bad that I didn't work out. I mean, to put a little honesty here on this podcast right now, um, I drank the past three nights in a row. <laughs> That's all right. And, and two out of those three days, um, I got a workout in, but I still wanted to drink. So I drank like yeah. I just, and it was funny cause I posted on Instagram that I did 10, four hundreds yesterday morning. And then right after John and I went and we went to the liquor store <laughs> and I'm just like, I, think I saw that post. Out. I saw it. I definitely saw it. Cause that was with, you were at the track, right? You were yeah, at the track, I'm the track in Edinburgh. Yeah. And then you took a picture at the liquor store. And I always laugh when I see people do that. Cause you know, in a normal world before this quarantine happened, you know, people would post that and you think, Oh, well they just ruined their workout. Right. But now you almost have to look at it as, okay, that's cool because they're still keeping their sanity. And if that's something you enjoy doing, especially if you're with a significant other um, or maybe even family, like if that's your guys's time to just wind down and relax and it involves, you know, wine, whatever, then that's actually good because first of all, it's not just balance. Like we always preach as trainers and uh, coaches, stuff like that, which is one of the buzzwords, but doing that, you know, working out, then maybe going to have a beer or maybe having a drink that's that has turned into a new normal because especially right now, that's what keeps people from just going insane, especially being not locked in our houses because we can always go do stuff, but kind of confined to our houses or homes, wherever you may be, because we can't go to work. So you have to find things to do. Mm -hmm. No, I completely agree with you there. I mean, it's probably, it could almost be looked at as like a way of, I'm, I'm coping in a way of our situation, but I'm also taking this time because my, I live a hustle life and you're the same way. You're mm -hmm. always going from one job to another. And that's the same with me early mornings, late nights. I'm always serving people and then trying to leave a little bit for myself. And like this time has been a really good opportunity to give back to myself, but it's also been really hard on my mental health. Yeah, it's, it's tough because you and I both have the personality and with your job position, you kind of have to have this personality as the director um, of business operations, you have to put yourself second. And as a trainer, and just my personality in general, I've always done that too, because I always feel like I have to help a certain amount of people or help someone do a certain amount of things before I can even do something for myself. Because then if I only do things for myself, then I feel really selfish. But now since we're in quarantine, it's kind of flipped. You have to do things for yourself and not feel selfish because it's only you right now. Like you and your significant other, you're the only ones in the house. Like you guys have to find stuff that makes you happy. And we'll get to that um, on the second half of this podcast. But that's one of the things like everything kind of feels flip flopped 
in terms of mental wellness and mental health because things that we deemed as um, not as important or kind of weird ways of thinking, it's actually kind of the new normal. And I've had to recognize that too because I don't have as many people to help right now because everything's closed. So I have to find ways to not just better myself, but make myself happy and keep myself busy too. And that's what you've done with your certification and your spontaneous uh, working out and stuff like that, which is not a bad thing at all. It's crazy how everything has become the new normal. Mm -hmm. No, it's, it's been absolutely weird to see the shift in life uh, for sure. Yeah. So we actually have a minute left on this Zoom call. I'm going to end this and we will start the second half of the podcast. Jocelyn, I will invite you to another meeting. Just give me a couple minutes. Okay. Sounds good. All right. All right. So doing what makes your heart happy is the next point of discussion I wanted to bring up. Um, I'll just start out real simple. During this quarantine and your current state of mental wellness, what makes your heart happy and not your conscience? So like if you watch Netflix, I would consider that um, something that makes your conscience happy. But what actually makes your heart happy that you really, really love to do when you don't have work or uh, your fitness regimens at your disposal? Um, so within quarantine, I've had the opportunity to just kind of be more present in my relationships with my family members. Um, so I've been up in Erie for about a month now. And so I did drive home to go spend Mother's Day with my mom. And um, I just was able to just be present, be there. And that honestly, like, this is a bad way to look at, look at it. But like, when I'm so busy out of quarantine, like normal life, spending time with family is not my strong suit. Um, and I honestly would prefer to be by myself than spend time with family. Um, which is so weird to say, but I just, it's just how I am. And to yeah. now be in quarantine, I understand that, you know, family is always going to be there for you um, always, no matter what. And to actually foster and take time to prioritize those relationships um, is something that I've learned. And to also, that's what makes my heart happy. And that's what I've realized is putting my everything and my all into my friendships and my relationships and make sure that I'm getting something positive out of it. So whether it's with my partner or um, with my family, what makes my heart happy is making other people feel happy, pe feeling cared about. And that also translate into my career. Like that's why I chose the career that I have is because what makes me happy, what makes my heart happy is making other people become their best selves at the end of the day. So I'm going to pick your brain for a second because I go through the same train of thought. And although that stuff is great, um, I think dealing with not just this title of the podcast, but not everyone wants help and not everyone wants help from you, whether it's a client or someone on social media, or maybe, you know, your opinion doesn't feel as valued to someone else, which I have experienced, whether it's, you know, me trying to uh, get to know a new girl or getting to know a new client or getting to know a kid trying to pick his brain, you know, seeing what he likes and dislikes. And sometimes um, you're not going to reach everyone. And I've kind of lived under the, um, the impression of you're not going to reach everybody. 
So I think one of the cool things that you and I do as professionals is we take that into account, but we don't focus on it. But when we're alone, like we are in quarantine right now, it's very easy to focus on that stuff. So although everything is great about helping others and making other people happy, and that's how I operate too, what happens to your mental wellness and your mental health when you're alone and you have time to think about those people who turn their turn the other way towards you or didn't want your help or didn't really take your advice and you see that they're doing something different how does that make you feel when it comes to something that you hold so dear to your heart i think that can be taken into a sense of like um if we're in quarantine now we are in quarantine now and like the friendships that you had outside before this all started are now failing and I've experienced that too, loss of friendships um, and loss of people within my life that were once present. And it's really hard to accept the fact that those things are happening, but you have to acknowledge it and you have to understand it. It's okay to grieve the loss of those friendships. I mean, we're all grieving in some aspect. We're grieving the loss of our normal routine. We're grieving the loss of human connection. Um, grief is really big part of our life right now. And, um, in terms of my mental wellness, mental health, well-being, whatever you want to call it, um, it's definitely, it plummeted a little bit, um, prior to like when quarantine, sorry, not prior, but like when quarantine first started happening. And I was like, I remember the first week, um, and like union fitness was shut down. I coached one CrossFit class before that gym shut down. And then it was like my other competitive gym had shut down. And like, I was like dog sitting. I wasn't in my normal like house. Like I was all over the place and my mental health was just like shit. And it didn't get good until, well, what, what's the month now? May? May. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it honestly, it's, it's May 17th. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> honestly like my mental health didn't get better until that middle of april yeah. and that's primarily based upon the fact that i learned to accept and acknowledge where my life is in this present moment and to not put any more pressure on myself or any more or add any other commitments unless they were something that um promoted growth outside of quarantine yeah. Uh, and that's one of the things too, we're kind of thinking of ways to carry over our own mental health into the real world when this is all over. And it's hard to do like people that like, it's tough for someone who completely loses their job and they don't have a gym to go to, or they don't have equipment or they don't have any motivation to do anything. It's hard to kind of find ways just to make yourself happy. And I feel like for some people, it's actually more detrimental because they spend so much time trying to do that, that it makes them stressed and tired. And um, just, you know, that feeling of mentally just being weak and it just, it's kind of self-inflicted, but I mean, I can't speak on that because I have some place to lift. I still have a, a online job that I'm getting paid for to do work and stuff like that. So I'm not really in that position to talk for any of those people, but I think that, the people listening right now, if they're like that, 
they need to know that they're not alone. And if they start developing small habits, they can transition those into the real world and everything like that once we start back up, hopefully soon. So I think uh, when it comes to making your heart happy, like for me, um, I've completely abandoned everything fitness related. And, <laughs> you know, knowing me with all the CFN stuff and the podcast and programming and everything like that, I've completely, I kind of switched gears when all of this started. And I thought to myself, you know what, this is a really great time not to do anything fitness related. And I kind of took it to that extreme, which I'm, it was hard for me to do because the only thing I wanted to do every single day was, you know, message an athlete of mine and ask if I could make workouts for them or message a client and ask if I could do something for them just so I felt like I was helping someone. But I kind of sat down and looked in the mirror and I was like, you know what, right now that isn't making me happy. And I feel like some people need that extreme. And for me, it worked. Some people, it doesn't. But like I have focused all my attention on um, writing and reading and doing things that I don't normally do and being okay with it. Like I'm in the process of writing a lot and hopefully in the near future, uh, writing a book. And I don't care as much about studying for a certification. Like I just don't care. And yeah. this, this is only the second podcast I've done since the beginning of March, maybe even before that. So like, I don't even care about doing these podcasts as much. And it's not because I don't like doing it. And it's not because I don't like fitness stuff, obviously, because it's my job, but I do it and you do it too. We do it like almost six to seven days a week. And it just felt good to push everything to the side, take all that stress away and focus on something I've actually wanted to do for a long time, which was right. So I feel like when this is all over and I've posted things on social media and you might have too on your Instagram stories, I, I don't remember, but I feel like if you don't do something that actually makes your heart happy instead of what you think you should do for others to think you're happy, um, if you don't learn a new skill or learn a new mindset or something like that, I kind of feel like that you haven't failed, but you kind of wasted your time because if you're not working and if you're not, if you really have nothing to do or if you're by yourself, what better time do you have than to learn something new that you've actually wanted to learn? Like I've wanted to learn how to write correctly and write stories and stuff like that. And that's what I did. So I did research and I don't know, I feel like being in this situation we're all in right now, it's going to, it's going to expose a lot of people depending on what makes them happy or not. Because a lot of people, a, yeah, what were you going to say? I'm sorry. It's a lot of reflection. It, like, it, it really is. Like internally being able to look at, like literally putting yourself on a piece of paper and seeing who you are. So who I was post, uh, sorry, pre-quarantine, who I am within quarantine and who I want to become post-quarantine. And I've actually taken a lot of time to look at the person that I was before the way I treated people now looking at what I am in quarantine, what I'm building. Um, and then oh, I want that to fluidly translate out of quarantine. I mean, if we're talking about relationships, I haven't been in very many in my life and I've been through some pretty terrible experiences in a relationship and like, I want to always be a good person and be a good partner. And 
when I'm now in this time able to reflect on who I am as a friend and who I am as like a significant other and always try to be that best version. Understand that we're all human and we have, we make mistakes and that's okay too. But like who you are right now, it's okay that if you're not the best version of yourself, but like, I think so many people are losing sight of just like being kind and taking time to love yourself and know that if you, when you love yourself, you can truly and honestly love other people. And like, I've experienced some like really not so nice people during quarantine and I'm like, all right, it's fine. It's okay. It's not a reflection on me. It's just, it is what it is. Um, But yeah, it's been a lot of reflection, like, and it's been good. It is. I, I truly think like, like I said earlier, I was just sitting there laying in bed and thinking, and I was making a pros and cons list in my head. Like, what am I already good at? What base do I already have in my profession? What base do I already have with clients, with friends, like the friends that matter? I'm not talking like Instagram or anything. I'm talking about the friends that matter. Like what base do I have with them? What can I do? to make sure that they know I'm still there relate, you know, friendship wise and relationship wise. And then on the other side of my head, I'm like, okay, what have I wanted to do for the last year or so? And how do I get those resources to do it? And so back when this all started, I had my mindset on writing and just reflecting on, okay, what have I wanted to do that I can do right now? Because who knows when this is going to be over, right? And that's how I kind of took it. Um, so I went on Amazon and bought notebooks. I went on Amazon and bought, you know, journals and pens and stuff like that, because I knew that if I can spend this little chunk of money to not just make myself more happy, but get not my voice out there because I do these podcasts, but like a personal way of, um, explaining stories and events that I've gone through and experiences so I can help people post quarantine that has helped me so much because it's just, it's to me writing is reflecting because you've already experienced most of the things you write about or if you're reading a book you know maybe you can relate to someone someone or something because you've already experienced that and you're reflecting on it right so i feel like a reflecting goes hand in hand with a lot of different activities um but again it's it's the matter of you actually getting up and trying to find those activities for something you can carry when this is all over with because i feel like when I talk about exposing um, people that haven't gone through these bouts of reflection or um, analyzing their habits or relationship or friendships, they're going to come out of this and be completely confused because everything's going to be different. They're going to see that people have done other things and then that's going to make them reflect and be like, Oh, well maybe I should have done this because now I don't have the time because now I have to go back to work. I have to go back to doing this and that and kind of prioritizing different things now. So I don't know. I feel like this has been a very special time for people to not just reflect more, like you said, but also work more on themselves because I feel like a lot of people are comparing themselves to others on Instagram based on like um, not just what fitness related stuff they may have in their home, but um, like if I put on Instagram today, like, Oh, Hey, I'm writing a book or writing someone that has been binging Netflix for the past month, they'll be like, oh shit, well, now I look like a piece of trash because CJ's doing that. You know what I mean? It's just, and you may feel the same. Have you felt that way at all? Yeah, like I've definitely, like even now, still to this day, 
Um, I have teammates that have had the opportunity to build pull-up breaks at their house or who have been able to like go train with other people like in small group settings or have access to assault bikes or rowers and rings for muscle ups. And I'm like, I have a barbell, I have dumbbells. Um, I have a wall ball, a sand ball. Like I have, I have these things and to learn to be grateful for what I have and not compare myself to people. And it's hard because as a competitive athlete who does like down the road, maybe not right now, have competitive aspirations. Like I'm seeing my teammates be able to train super hard and like, I'm really happy for them. But at the same time, I'm like, I want that. I want what they have. I want to be able to do what they are doing, but I can't. And so like, that's why I was like, I put a stop on all of my competitive training. I was like, this is not good for my mental health. I'm continuing to compare myself and that's just not good at all. And it needs to stop. And so I'm like sympathizing with you and everyone else who is going through the same thing. And although someone could argue and be like, well, you have all this equipment, blah, blah, blah. Why are you feeling this way? I'm like, my opinion is just as valid as what you're feeling. We're all in no, it's like this quote that was going around. It was like, we're all in the same storm, but not in the same boat. Yeah. Something like that. And I was like, that's so true. And you can't be mad at someone who has more and someone who has less cannot be mad at you. You just have to understand where we're all sitting and know that one day this is going to be over and you just have to, like I said, like when reflecting on who you are as a person, you just be kind through yeah. this time. Yeah. So I just want to close this podcast out. Uh, We've been on here for a while, but it's a lot of great content. I actually thought about this and I want to get your perspective on it because this is a little extreme way of thinking and acting. Um, But I wanted to get your opinion on it. And aside, so aside from, you know, actual real life traumatic experiences, let's set those aside. Let's pretend like those don't exist. It is what it is. It's in the past, right? aside from those traumatic experiences, do you ever take a step back and think that your own mental health is your fault regarding self-inflicted depression, anxiety, stuff like that? Because it's very easy. Like I could go on Instagram right now and look at some guy that is six, two shredded with a six pack and could deadlift whatever, you know, and immediately just become completely depressed, right? But at the same time, another way of thinking perspective-wise is it's all self-inflicted. And it's extreme because it takes a lot of mental discipline to accept that and do your own thing. So I just wanted to get your thoughts and opinions on that. I agree with you. Um, I have never, so like my background history in mental health I'm not clinically diagnosed in any way, shape, or form. Um, I have done therapy. I have done anxiety medication. Um, most of my severe depression has come from situational, so uh, situational in- instances. So situational depression, like being because um, something bad happened to you, and now you're in this rut, and. I've mitigated that with therapy and um, drugs. And um, 
But when it comes to the overall arching of mental health, aside from things that happened to me, so looking at uh, someone on Instagram, um, looking at my best friends who are absolutely jacked and like wanting to look like them, like you have to understand that there is always something that you can do um, to better yourself or to make yourself feel better. Um, and I feel, do feel strongly that like when we are down in the rut, that it's a choice. You can choose to stay here. And that's what they tell you in therapy. They're like, you can choose to stay here or you can take the steps to make yourself feel better. But also there's not a timeline on that. You can stay in this rut for as long as you want to until one day you wake up and you're like, all right, I'm ready to go. Um, because that's how it's always been for me. I've always been kind to myself and being like, all right, I'm going to sit in this pit of depression for however long I feel cool about it. And then know that one day I got to get up off my ass and do something about it. Mm -hmm. And I've had the unfortunate um, experiences of having friends who have taken their own lives because they haven't, um, they didn't get up off their butt and try to do something about it. And they felt like for them, the right thing to do was to end their life. And I will always live in the light of that and live for um, that person that couldn't experience the things in life. And like, regardless if I'm sitting in that pit of depression, one day I got to get up off my butt because that's not an option for me. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing that people have to realize is like people who have depression, they're like, like, I feel so hopeless and blah, blah, blah. And that's so valid, but there's so many resources and people care and people care that like, don't even know you. Mm -hmm. Like I see all the time on social media, like the suicide hotline line, like not huge celebrities, but like a serious XM radio host that I like love so much. She's always preaching mental health and like putting the line up there and always saying slide into my DMS. If you want to talk, like, I just, I think obviously it's a taboo topic. Not everybody wants to talk about it because they're afraid of being ridiculed or harassed for their thoughts or their feelings on it. But like my stance, like this rant is that, yes, you can sit in that pit, but one day you have to get up off your butt and do something about it. Well, and like we talked about when we were discussing doing this podcast and other situations, a lot of times that pit is only present because of ego or um, some other false thought in your head when comparing to others because for people like you and me or someone else that is more strongly mental mentally disciplined to get out of that pit of depression and you know like hey all right it's time to go you know i i thought about it cry about it whatever you did but it's time to go and some people they feel like if they try to get out of that pit it's going to make them look bad to their followers or their friends or for some reason, because they're so attached to the negative side of um, ego and social media that they forget about those people that are on social media that are willing to help you who don't even know your last name. And uh, I think other times too, it comes down to friends also because those people, and I've talked to people that have been in those pits that don't know how to get out and they're like, well, 
my friends won't believe me or my friends will think I'm weird. Well, were they your friends in the first place if they think that you're weird for talking about your feelings or your mental health or wellness, whatever it might may be or what you're going through? Because I tell you what, I have way stronger friendships now with my close circle of friends than I would have ever had if I didn't have like those long talks over FaceTime or Snapchat or texting or whatever when they needed help. And then after you talk to them and they tell you, hey, I got your back, you can reach out to them. Because I only feel like that builds stronger relationships and stronger friendships between people. And it makes that pit of depression a little less deep because you know that, all right, I know this person, this person, and this person got my back. So these are the three people I'm going to go to as soon as I feel like getting out of this pit because I know they're going to pull my ass out, right? So No, yeah. Like there are some said, people that just like aren't comfortable talking about really hard topics. And mm -hmm. those people are probably some of your friends. And that's okay. Yeah, You have to figure out who in your life is your support system and stick with those people exactly like you said, because you are going to have friends who are going to feel uncomfortable talking about those hard things and you mm -hmm. can't look at it as a reflection on yourself. And that's what I've been through this past year is realize that who can I entrust in my mental health and my mental well being and talking about these hard things and who should I just not even try to explain it to or confide in? Yeah. Yep. That's honestly, Jocelyn, that's how I wanted to end the podcast. I wanted to end in something important and serious, but uh, I think we covered a lot of ground and uh, I really appreciate you being on today. So thank you so much for being on again. I hope I can see you at work soon. Um, I know I miss you so much. <laughs> I need our Thursday. Oh my God. Like if people don't know this every Thursday, CJ and I started this thing when we're at work pump sesh Thursday. We do yep. biceps, back, triceps, all the good stuff. Yep. And like, I am craving those bodybuilding. Yeah. Arm day Thursdays, <laughs> arm day Thursdays. And then our, our 6am talks when we're both half asleep and I just got done teaching an adult barbell class. <laughs> so great. I miss it. All right. Well, Jocelyn, thank you so much. Um, hang on the line real quick. I'm going to end the podcast. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I know this was a long one, but everything we just talked about, I hope you can apply to your life in some way. Maybe reach out to a friend, family member, um, anything like that to help you during this quarantine. I hope you all stay safe and uh, I will catch you on the next podcast. Thanks.